Hi, and welcome to More Human, More Resources, the HR podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Vicki Brown, your host and CEO of Vidominale Enterprises. As a serial entrepreneur, I understand that having the right expert help has been critical to my success. That's why I'm dedicated to telling you, in plain language, what's going on in the world of HR that might impact your business and what you need to do about it with real actionable tips to help you master that list of must-dos and grow your leadership muscle. First things first, the information contained in this podcast is provided for general purposes only and is not to be considered legal advice. Your decision to adopt or not adopt any practice or procedure mentioned in this podcast is solely yours and we bear no responsibility for the outcome. We urge you to always consult legal counsel and other appropriate licensed professionals. And with that, let's get into the show. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 48. Wow, it's not even time for the Great Pumpkin yet. And those of us in HR, well, we're already being catapulted into 2023. This podcast will be a bit of a departure, since it's going to focus on some changes recently announced for California employers. Yeah, Governor Newsom just finished signing a number of new and expanded laws. Here's an overview of some things I think you'll find interesting. Oh, and by the way, there is no way I could cover all the details here. So be sure to check out the links in the show notes. They'll lead you to valuable, detailed information on each of these programs if you want to do a deep dive. All right, first up is pay transparency. California is joining Colorado, Washington, New York City, and other municipalities in requiring that employers disclose pay ranges in job postings. So if you're an employer with 15 or more employees, you now have to include salary ranges in the jobs you post on Indeed or LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter and the like. In fact, wherever you post a job, you'll have to include the salary range. In addition to that, In the past, you were required to provide a pay scale for the current position to job applicants. Well, that has now been expanded to include any current employee that makes a reasonable request. Oh, and you'll also have to keep a record of each employee's job title and wages during their employment and for three years after they leave. Next, California has extended its supplemental COVID-related sick leave program. Originally, the federal government put a paid sick leave program in place to cover COVID and related time off. Well, that federal program expired in September of 2021. But a number of states, California included, created their own sick leave program. Ours has been extended a few times, and with this most recent signature, the September 30th deadline has been extended to December 31st of 2022. So, Companies with 25 or more employees must provide up to 80 hours of paid sick leave. The leave comes in two distinct buckets of 40 hours each. The approved reasons for paid time off include being subject to an isolation period, seeking medical diagnosis, caring for a family member who's isolating, or a child whose school or daycare is closed for COVID-related reasons. Let's talk about reporting pay data. 
The Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Agency requires companies with 100 or more employees to annually file information on those workers. It's called the Employer Information Report, or EEO-1. Well, in addition, California has its own annual reporting. It's called California Pay Data Reporting. The eligibility requirements are similar to those for the EEO-1. In fact, if you have to file an EEO-1, well, you automatically must file the California Pay Data Reporting information as well. And you'll also note that a lot of additional information is required because the EEO-1 doesn't collect information on pay, but that is a requirement of the California reporting. You also have to disclose headcount, pay, and hours worked for all your employees broken out by race, ethnicity, and sex in each specified job category. An interesting newcomer to the scene is the employee's rights in emergency conditions. This law offers protections for employees during emergency situations. You, as an employer, can't take any kind of adverse action or even threaten to take adverse action, and that means disciplining, against an employee who leaves work or refuses to report to work in the event of an emergency condition, if their workplace is in the affected area and they feel unsafe. So, what precisely is an emergency situation? Well, it's defined as the existence of either of the following. One, conditions of disaster or extreme peril to the safety of persons or property at the workplace or worksite caused by natural forces or a criminal act. Or two, an order to evacuate a workplace or worksite, a worker's home or the school of a worker's child due to natural disaster or a criminal act. Now, I think it's really interesting to note that a health pandemic is not included in that definition. There's a carve-out for first responders, disaster service workers, and certain other categories of workers. The employee must notify their employer of the emergency condition and their other stipulations. Again, check out the links. Next up is the new bereavement leave law. California employers with five or more employees must now offer up to five days of unpaid leave to eligible employees for the death of a family member. Callouts to this new law include, the leave doesn't need to be taken in one lump sum, but it does need to be completed within three months of the death of the family member. And a family member is defined as a spouse, child, parent, sibling, grandparent, grandchild, domestic partner, or parent-in-law of the employee. To be eligible for the leave, the employee has to work for you at least 30 days. Also, employees can use any available paid time off or PTO as a mechanism to receive pay during the bereavement leave. So they could use sick, vacation, or other paid leave. A pro tip here. Since employees can now use sick time to get paid during bereavement leave, you should update your sick leave policy to reflect bereavement as a qualifying reason to take leave. And finally, another notable change is to CFRA, the California Family Rights Act. This leave law, which was a precursor to the federal FMLA or Family Medical Leave Act, was revised in recent years to cover employers with as few as five employees. Well, that law is expanding again. CIFRA allows family leave to care for your own medical condition or that of a family member. 
While the definition of family member for SIFRA has been more expansive, it includes not only your spouse and children, but also adult children, siblings, grandparents, grandchildren, and parents-in-law, this latest update has added designated person to the eligibility list. A designated person means any individual who is related by blood or their association with the employee is equivalent to that of a family relationship. Now, as you might guess, this opens quite a box of questions. Again, I'll refer you to the links in the show notes for more detailed information. And a quick thank you here. You'll note that many, if not most, of the links point you to the Fisher Phillips Insights pages. I really appreciate their specific, easy to understand analyses. I think you will too. If you found this information helpful, please leave a review and tell a friend. Thanks for spending the time. Until next week, same time, same place.